He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tab Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Hello and welcome to Hoop 7's Basketball Hustle. And I don't mean to sound redundant, Cody, but every single week it feels like we have more to talk about. And we got through one game of round 10 in the NBL and we almost had enough to talk about for a full show. So this is a lot to get through from the world of the NBL. There was a crazy week in Adelaide to talk about and I'm fascinated to get your thoughts on who the new head coach is because he's a he's a man very familiar to us yeah. us here on on the show. We've got a wild night in Cairns to talk about and might be getting even crazier in Cairns now that they've got a tropical cyclone to deal with this week as well. Dramatic week at the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I'm not sure we expected things to get so dramatic there, but it's been a hectic week for them. We saw the Illawarra Hawks knock off the Perth Wildcats. Melbourne United, we expected a bounce back and that was as emphatic a bounce back as you'll see. Tasmania Jack Jumpers kept on impressing. We'll get through it all on this week's show. We're here thanks to Hoop7 and Tab Touch as always. I'm Chris Pike, but great to have you back, Cody. And boy, this is going to be a lot to, to break down. Yeah, there's a lot uh, lot going on this round. And you're right, I think we could probably just make a snippet of uh, of this intro and just play it every <laughs> week. And it'd probably be uh, fairly set in stone for the the whole season. Because, yeah, there's, there's lots going on. And yeah, big... Uh, Big weekend of basketball, which was which was uh, a lot of fun all around. A week like that, I mean, we'll break things down one by one, but when you get what we saw in Cairns, mm. then you have Adelaide sacking their coach and bringing in Scott Ninnis. South East Melbourne Phoenix sack an import, and they've already now signed a replacement. Gee, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, well, there's lots going on, and you know, it's um, it's kind of that year where teams need to make that last second change if they think they mm-hmm. need to to mm. to really. Uh, make a push later in the season because, uh, I mean, really any later and it's probably too late um, in the season. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that all this happened within you know, a few days of each other <laughs> is pretty crazy, but, uh, I mean, that's the NBL for you. Yes, it is. All right, let's let's get stuck into it one by one. Let's start with what we saw, almost feels like a lifetime ago now, but it was yeah. last last Thursday night in Cairns. It was always going to be a fascinating game. The Taipans and the Sydney Kings always play fascinating games, but... I don't know if anyone's seen anything like what we saw. We've no. seen, I mean, we've seen some delays to games before. We've seen, we saw a game. I think it was the Breakers and the Hawks in Wollongong that had to be called off because of the leaking roof that Julian yeah. O'Brien poked the poked the holes in. <laughs> um, but I don't know if we've seen anything like this. So half at half time up at the Cairns Convention Centre, the power went out, um, and it never really fully returned. Mm. You've played up in that building yeah. before. We get to the shot clock situation, Cody. I mean, it, I spent a couple of week, couple of weeks in Cairns going back a few years and. As soon as you step outside, the humidity kills you. In in that building, even with the aircon on, yeah. it can be a sweaty building. I mean, of all places in the world to play without aircon, Cairns has to be right at the bottom of yeah. the list. Yeah, it certainly is. Because <laughs> yeah, it's it's hot in general, and the humidity sucks, and it's usually the floor is usually a lot more slippery mm. than normal. And I mean, without aircon, is is uh, is pretty wild. So. Yeah. But they they did well. They did very well to get through it and um, to deal with it. And I think that 
came on late in the fourth quarter, which was probably too late to, <laughs> yes. to make an impact. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't envy those guys playing in those conditions because mm. that would have uh, been a night. So a couple of things to break down. Before I get to the shot clock, the halftime break. So it ended up mm-hmm. being, I think it was 51 minutes yeah. in the end. When you have that long of a break, you pretty much have to do your full warm-up mm-hmm. all, all over again. Um, would have you understood if they felt that was too long of a break to restart the game or did they make the right decision to, to play on? Yeah, it's a tough one. And, you know, pardon the pun here, but I, I actually watched this game on delay. So <laughs> yeah. when I when I turned it on and saw the game was three and a half hours mm. long, I was like, oh boy, what's going on here? <laughs> yes. um, and then, yeah, obviously got to half time and I fast forward and then fast forward <laughs> yes, and then yes. fast forwarding and I just felt like I was getting the same, mm-hmm. <laughs> same shots on replay. But yeah, look, 51 minutes is a long time. Mm. It's a long time, especially after playing a half of basketball. Yeah. You know, sometimes I feel like the, you know, the 10 or 15 minutes is, is too long. Mm-hmm. And uh, after 50 minutes, that's, that is a lot. You kind of, you do risk injury after that. Oh, long. Yeah. The one advantage they did have was it was so humid. Yeah. So, you know, you don't players cool down. didn't really cool down. Cool down. Yes. Exactly. So that's probably why, you know, one of the reasons why they didn't. You yeah. know, if it was a, a cold rainy you know, day yeah. in, in Tassie Melbourne, or in Melbourne yeah. or something like that. It might have been a bit different. Mm. But, oh, it was, yeah. I mean, that's, that is a long time. And, and look, shout out to the, to the guys on the broadcast. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, they didn't they really to, cut to a whole lot of commercials. They, they, it was, they had to kill some time. No, those three, you know, the back and forths and, you know, thinking of topics to talk about and Albus destroying oh, it yes. us in the background. So. Hell, hell out of Albus. He's full, <laughs> full of beans, our third co-host right now. But, yeah, look, they, they did an unbelievable job to, to keep the ball rolling and, and keep people engaged, I'm yeah. sure. And well, they, they had to fill up enough time where we do a full episode. Yeah. They had to f- just fill that time at half time. Of just, just talking <laughs> about, you know, thinking stuff off the top of their yeah. head and, and making a discussion about it. So, uh, yeah, look, pretty impressive all round. Thank you to Albus for that little interruption. <laughs> yeah. um, now... Okay, so the halftime break. Yep. The Sydney Kings were leading the game. They were in control of the game. If you're the Kings, what have you considered not playing out the second half and being asked to be awarded the victory? Yeah, it's, it, it really is a tough one. I mean, it's, it's a situation that we haven't really seen for in quite some time, if ever, mm. really. Mm. And uh, yes and no, um, you know, <laughs> There's been a bit of, of that in the past with, with the old COVID year mm-hmm. and, and you know the Cats being awarded a championship, championship. after yes. not fully finishing out yep. the, the series and all that sort of stuff. So I think it's a bit of a touchy subject for the league in general. Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm not sure what the best course of action would have been. I, I, I do think the fact that they were able to finish the game out was, was good. We'll obviously talk about the second half in a bit. Mm. But it's a tough one to say... Well, no, we don't want to play after 50 minutes yeah. because we're up. Because yes. if we're on the other side, we'd want to play. Sure. You know, so sure. it's it's a tough one. But look, I think the fact that they were able to get it up and running enough to be able to finish the second mm-hmm. half was good. During that break, the commentators talked about the options for the shot clock throughout the second half. So they threw up some different ideas and putting the shot clock up on the scoreboard and yeah. you know, having the MC yelling out. A countdown, mm-hmm. or look, there's a lot of options they could have could have gone down. Even having having the courtside commentator say when it gets to ten seconds, or counting down from ten, yeah. you could have someone courtside holding up the numbers. Yeah, I mean, surely there were some options. What's the worst possible solution to play with absolutely no shot clock at all and no 
no mention of it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, what, I mean, what, what did you make of it? Yeah, I don't know. It's it really, again, it's it's just another tough decision that they had to make, and I guess the the whole you know agreeing to just play normally without the shot clock going on was an idea. <laughs> I'm not going to say it was a good or a bad one. It was yeah. an idea. Yeah. But uh, you know, we kind of saw it. You know bite them a little bit late in the game, mm-hmm. uh, end of the third and in the fourth. Yeah. But yeah, look, I'm sure, I'm sure there was a way that they could have figured it out. Not obviously ideal by any stretch of the mm-hmm. imagination, but I think they needed something. Mm-hmm. I think they needed something in there because... Well, as a player, if the MC tell, says over, the, over his microphone... There's 10 seconds to go. Do you pick that up while you're out on the court playing? Would, well, you, would you notice? You would if you knew that that was going to happen, yeah. right? You, usually you can hear it, but you don't pay yeah. any mind to it. Yeah. But if you knew that, okay, this is our shot clock, mm. you know, this is the only way we can do it, you would. You'd pay yeah. mind to it. You, you'd, you'd definitely listen to it. So, yeah, look, I, I think there was something they could have done that mm. uh, didn't end up. Do you feel like it impacted the game in the end? Because there, yeah. there, are, there, yes, are, there are absolutely a few possessions <laughs> where Dylan Adams, I haven't put the shot clock to it, but he at least took up 30 seconds of, of the shot clock. So, oh, so there is some... Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, Adam Ford said afterwards 45, but I don't yeah. think it quite got to that point. Oh, but I think it was close. I think <laughs> it was close. There was a couple late. Yeah. I mean, so what impact did it have in the end? Oh, it did. It, it had a huge impact. And, it, you know, the fact that Cairns made a heck of a run back, mm-hmm. at, you know, at the reigning champs, and really, if there was a shot clock, I, I do think that the game would have ended differently. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it, it was a tough one, and I remember talking to, to Lauren about it, and it, it's one of those odd little conundrums of I totally understand what Jalen Adams is doing. Like oh, it, it's gamesmanship, yeah. right? You're trying to win a game. Yeah. You use all the elements, you know, that you can to win the game. I also can't imagine he did that without guidance from his coach surely he's been given some instruction oh you'd think so you know and look adams is is a smart player yes you know obviously being being a point guard you've got to be one of the smarter players on the on the floor anyway but like he understood time score what wasn't there that (laughs) that could affect him yeah and yeah end of the third you know he ran it down a chunk and then end of the fourth he just kind of held it until they fouled him mm-hmm. and then you know sending him to the line it's automatic two points basically yeah. and but you know obviously if you're on the cans end then that's brutal mm-hmm. you know to, to lose a game in that way and you know it's something that they probably feel like they probably should have won that it's you funny know. isn't it i mean they would feel like that but at the same time they're in that situation because it's their building, so, yeah. so it's, hard, it's hard for yeah. them to, to really say much. Oh, there it is, and it's you know, it's, it's a frustrating thing, and there's there's got to be something in place if this kind of thing happens. Mm. You know, for, for all stadiums, mm. you know, it can happen to anywhere. You know, it's it's just one of those things that sometimes it's out of your control, but mm. you've got to have a backup plan. And I think surely you even have like a plug-in clock yeah. of some sort. We you can see those light-up clocks. Yeah. Everywhere, yeah. surely. Maybe from now on, you just tell every building you need to have a backup. Well, I, I think this has probably kicked the NBL into gear to have a backup plan for each stadium now. Um, I'd like to think it has anyway. Yes. Um, again, this is a one-off in however long it's been mm. since we've seen... I mean, we've seen stadiums power shut off for a few mm. minutes, but nothing like this. Yeah, yeah look, I'm, I'm sure they're putting in place some sort of backup plan for, for stadiums and... 
hopefully if this ever happens again, which I hope it doesn't, that you know it, it's not an hour mm. between you know game time and not having a shot clock and, mm. and all that because you know it's going to be one of those asterisk games, mm-hmm. which is frustrating for, for both teams. Yeah. The old Challenge Stadium was famous yeah. for shot clock problems. Yep, um, that was that was <laughs> there was almost not a game yeah. that went by that didn't have a problem. Last thing on this, Jonah Antonio, he. He knows his times. He, mm-hmm. he is a master at getting off clocks, shots at the buzzer. Do you feel like if the shot clock was up on the screen, he would have got his shot off in time at the end? Because I guess he was told that, what, there's 1.5 seconds to mm-hmm. go, get your shot off quickly, but he didn't know the exact time. And yeah. he didn't know until the backboard lit up red that he got it off late. Do you feel like with a shot clock, he would have got it off in time? I'm not really sure. And it's kind of hard to to really speculate on that kind of thing because of how the play went. You know, he kind of ducked under the defender mm. to get his last dribble off yeah. and get his feet planted and let it fly. Yep. And if there was anyone that was going to get their shot off on time, it was going to be Jonah. Mm. So, I mean, they went to the right right guy. As soon as he made it, I, I called it. Because mm. I, um, I did have – Lauren was Lauren was around the house and I – I just I had this feeling that something crazy was going to happen, mm. so I had her in there for the last minute and a half <laughs> yeah. of the game. Yep. Something weird's going to happen here. Mm. It's just been that kind of a game. Yeah. And then as soon as he hit it, I, I said like he didn't get off. Mm-hmm. Like, you could tell pretty much straight away. Yeah. It was close. It was a lot mm. closer than I actually thought yeah. um, when it, it went to slow mo. It only didn't look close in slow mo. Yeah, it didn't, when you're watching it in real time, yeah, it was real close. It, it was close. So, you know, would he have got that shot off? Maybe, but he wouldn't have got. The, same, the shot. same shot off, you know, it would have been a kind of a hip sling or, you know, off one foot or something like that. Mm. So it wouldn't have been the same shot. Mm. And, you know, would that have gone in? Who knows? Mm. But, yeah, look, I, I think Cairns had – they had their opportunities, but mm. it was kind of their fault for being down. Is there anything more awkward than watching a team celebrate a, a shot like that at the end when we know watching that yes, it, it's, <laughs> not, it's not going to count? You're yeah. going to be disappointed. It was so awkward to watch. It is awkward, but, you know – that kind of a thing happens and you're going to celebrate it anyway. (laughs) It's again, it's probably pretty hard to really know if he got it off in time Mm. while being down there on the floor because you're watching him, you're not watching the shot. Mm -hmm. And obviously with with no clocks, you're not watching any of the clocks, Mm -hmm. you know, you're watching him make the shot. So yeah, it's tough. It, It is tough. And, to, to see them going crazy, which is which is a lot of fun to see, yeah, yeah. and then have the refs call it off, and then just the distraught <laughs> yes. you know, faces after that and the disbelief—it really sucks. It's not it's not <laughs> ideal, but uh, yeah, it, it's whole ray, array of emotions in in about three seconds. Have you yeah. been in that situation before? Do you remember? Yeah, I mean, I've been in situations where you know we hit game winners and shots to tie the game on mm. the buzzer. I've been to actually this this past season, this past NBL one season, two of the women's games at home, shots were made basically at the buzzer mm. to tie or win the game, and both of them were called off, which is which is pretty crazy. I mean, the, the one I remember was um, no, I remember both of them. I think it was like the first home game, mm. and and one of the girls made a ridiculous mm. shot to I think it might have been to win it. And the refs called it off, mm. and that's—I mean—that's without having to go to replays yeah, or anything yeah. like that. But oh, just yeah, it's the utter dis- disappointment after you <laughs> see the refs—you know—wave yeah. it off is is just brutal. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go to Adelaide. Yep, Cody. Um, 
This time last week, we were finding out that CJ Bruton had been sacked and Scott Ninnis was taking over. Before we break it down in a bit more detail, what was your reaction? Uh, not overly surprised. Um, you know, I think CJ probably saw it coming as well. Mm. I think he's, he kind of lost the group a bit and... I mean, they just haven't been performing. I mean, there, there was no real consistency within the group and what they were doing on the floor and even rotations. There was no real consistency in you know, who, who they'd go to mm. and what they were playing. Defensively, they didn't really have any bite or anything like that. Mm. So, look, obviously a tough situation. And, you know, this is kind of CJ's team that he put together. So this mm. was kind of his chance to, to prove that I can do what, you know, I, I can be successful with my mm. team. And it just, it just didn't, didn't happen this year. Um, unfortunately, and um, yeah, not overly surprised that, that we saw Adelaide move, move him on. Before we get to Scott, CJ got two and a half seasons. Yep. He, his first season was rushed where he didn't get to pick his team because of what happened with Connor Henry, but then I feel like the last season and a half he has had a chance to build the team he wanted. Do you feel like he got a good enough crack at it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think last year we saw a star-studded team that well underachieved. You know, we, we, these guys are... We picked them for the championship. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, you look on paper and it should have been championship mm. caliber. But, you know, whether it was not getting guys in the right situations or um, not having them buy into defensive schemes or offensive schemes or things like that, you know, it obviously didn't work out for them. And then it's, it's been the same this year. You know, obviously, very different team than what they had last mm. year um, in terms of what they've got on paper. But... Um, yeah, look, I think two and a half years is a good chunk of time, and especially for a city like Adelaide, who um, is a very smart basketball city. Mm. You know, the fans are a very smart, you know, bunch, and mm. they understand the game, and they expect to be contenders. If it's not working out, I think two and a half seasons is probably about as good a shot as you're going to get. You've got a bit of history with the Bruton family. You played yeah. with his brother at, at the Senators, yep. Austin. Your dad has a great history with, with mm-hmm. Cal. Do you have much of a history with CJ at all? Uh, not really. Not really. Uh, a little bit. Like, we, we've spoken a few times, but not haven't really had a whole lot to do with each other. Mm. I mean, Austin, one of my best mates, and mm. love him to death. Um, you know, obviously, it's frustrating, but, you know, we saw Cal put up a post thanking Adelaide, and mm-hmm. um, which, which I thought was really good. And, you know, they gave him his first shot at a head coaching gig. So, you know, you can only be thankful and... I mean, there's not a whole lot that they can really be upset about, I guess, because you know it just didn't work out for them. It is what it is. That that happens. You know, mm-hmm. maybe in a different market, it, it'll work out for him. But you know, it just didn't work out in Adelaide. Let's get to Scott Ninnis, who's now taken over. It's a remarkable story. So I still remember dealing with Scott. Mm-hmm. The first time I really met him was when he was a head coach last time. So yeah. that that's how much our history goes back. And in, in between the years, we stayed in touch occasionally, and then. He kind of wanted to get back involved a little bit, so so we started up the Sixes Fix podcast that we did for a, for, for for a little while. So I got to know him there. But at that time, the last thing he could have imagined was being a coach again. Yeah. He, he hadn't coached at all since since he he was sacked the last time in two thousand and ten. So he hadn't even coached at state league level. So he basically had no involvement at the club at all. Um, then he got back involved with the podcast. He started doing some community clinics and camps with the Thirty Sixes. Then he got back coaching at mm-hmm. South Adelaide, won a championship. And then he's been an assistant coach this year to CJ. It's, it's a remarkable thing because four years ago, coaching was completely out of his blood. Now to hear him talk, he genuinely wants this to be an audition for mm. him to remain the head coach beyond this season. It's it's a remarkable story. Yeah, no, it's very impressive, and you know, it's a fair bit of history there, mm. and it's it's a 
a little bit of common knowledge amongst the basketball, you know, community really. And then hearing guys like Damon Lowry being like, "Oh, he's never coached and all this sort of stuff." You're like, mate, a little bit of homework, please. <laughs> yes. You know? So, no, I yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up. Sorry, no, no. Um, but he look, wasn't even a bad coach last time. He took no. one of his seasons. They went to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. So look, I, I think it's um, that's good. It's it's awesome that you know he's he's back into the into the fold and. He's really eager to to stay there. You know, it's tough if um, you know we kind of saw it with Brisbane a bit when Vanderjack took over and mm. he didn't really want the job, mm. but he was kind of his hand was a bit forced. And you know, ho- hopefully Scotty can... he was given the job when he was on the plane. Yes, yes, he was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully Scott can kind of ride the ship a bit this season and you get the get the boys all on the same page at least. Um, and then, yeah, look, it'd be interesting to see what the club does um, going forward. But uh, you know, I think I think they could certainly do worse than, than Scotty. Now, unfortunately, you are the absolute right person to have this conversation yep. with. Um, so, from what we hear, I won't break any confidentiality with what Scott might have told me personally. But from what we hear publicly, the owner Grant Kelly and the CEO Nick Barbado have sort of laid down the law a little bit about what players they want playing and who they don't want playing. So yep. against Cairns on Saturday night, we didn't see Sunday Detch and Jason Kadee at all. And mm-hmm. from what, what we hear, that's been a mandate to not play those guys. We also didn't see Mitch McCarron, the captain, in the starting lineup because the experiment as Trenton Flowers as point guard is all of a sudden back back, yeah, at, lived. back, as, back as a reality. Yeah, I mean, we don't need to go over your your history. If anyone wants to hear your story, go back to one of our early yep. early episodes about what happened at the Hawks. But you, you've lived this as a as a senior player. How tough is it for especially Sunday and, and Jason to be going through this? Yeah, it's tough, and you know, especially as two veteran guys and and two guys that I think can make an impact within mm-hmm. this team. Um, it's brutal. I mean, you hire coaches to do this job, you know. I understand that, like ownership, they they're the ones putting the money in and all that sort of stuff. But you know, you hire people for a reason. You know, don't don't try and micromanage. That's where you get failed seasons because you're trying to micromanage someone that you've hired to do a job, and then you're basically telling them how to do their job. You know, don't don't do that. Let the coach coach. You know, let him play who he thinks is going to be successful. Let him experiment with putting these guys in different situations where he thinks they're going to be successful. You know. Maybe it didn't work out in CJ's system, but you know, Scott putting his system mm. in, maybe it'll work out for him. Mm. It's just, it's, I really hate seeing this, this kind of thing. And yeah, it, it, it's super frustrating when it's, it's kind of out of coaches' hands, really. Mm. It's not ideal. So yeah, look, feeling for Jason for Sunday and, um, you know, obviously Macker as well, mm. who, you know, we saw have his little blow up at the yes. team, yes. And, which I loved. I didn't like that it, Became public. Yeah. I hate that because yeah. I feel like it's a bit of a, you know, a bit of a sanctuary on the on the basketball court, especially the training court, yeah. and especially within a group that is going through what they're going through and not being as successful as they kind of would have liked. And then, you know, new coaches coming in, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It's it's kind of like a private little area, yes. and yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of that. Leaked. Loved what he was, loved what he did, mm-hmm. loved you know the the sentiment of it all, and reading some of the comments, just proving people. Do not understand basketball, and you know, saying, "Oh, you know, Mitch isn't playing well." But why was he saying that? Well, you know, that's why you're sitting there behind the keyboard. Yes, that's a whole other story. Sorry, <laughs> rant over. Um, <laughs> it's also why reading the comments is 
the worst possible, oh, so stupid. Worst possible I, thing to do. I don't know why I do it. I don't know why I do it. I yeah. must have been very bored. But um, rant over and yeah. look, yeah, it, it, it's frustrating. It sucks to see and hopefully the, the young boys can, can step up and, and start playing well. Last comment on this for me. I'll get your thoughts. Trenton Flowers is not a point guard no, in this league. Not. He can't play as a point guard. He doesn't have the experience or the ability to be a point guard in this league. What are your thoughts? Yeah, look, I don't think so. I think it was tested out early and failed miserably, right? And it's frustrating for Trenton as a player as well because now you're not putting him in situations where he can be successful. We see, we saw how good he could be off the ball mm-hmm. with other guys creating for him. Yeah, exactly. And that's, I think he's about 6'8", and he's yeah. pretty tall. Yeah. So I, I don't think he's going to really play that point guard moving forward mm. in the rest of his career. And, mm. Yeah, like and even if he does it in the NBA, you don't you don't, you, you don't come up against the same pressure. Mm. You're allowed to bring the ball up and run yeah. things. You, you don't get that luxury in the NBA. Well, that's it. So I don't know. It's it's um yeah, it's frustrating. And like I said, it's it's got to be frustrating for him too because mm. he's not being put in positions for him to be successful and mm. him to showcase what he can do. So yeah, look, the whole situation's very odd. But look, I, I'm hoping Scott can uh, can right the ship a bit yeah. and, and get these guys guys playing well and hard. All right, Katie, let's take a deep breath. That's been a big first segment. When yeah. we come back, there's still a lot more for us to, to break down. Yes, there is. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, Cody, we've had a deep breath and Elvis has even conked out. So Elvis is, had, <laughs> Elvis is taking a break as well. That was a lot to get through just from Cairns and Adelaide, really. Yeah. So let's get the other big discussion is the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. I don't think we saw this coming, except that on last week's show, Simon knew something was in the works because yeah. he talked about how he felt like the Phoenix needed to replace Craig Muller with somebody significant. Mm-hmm. He didn't mention Will Cummings by name, but if you yeah. read between the lines of what he was saying, he felt like an import change was probably yeah. not too far yeah. away. First of all, what was your reaction when they did release Will Cummings? I'm uh, pretty surprised. Um, mm. You know, I think I think he's been decent for them. Um, but I mean, look, with obviously with Tarangi being out and now Mola being out for the mm. season, they've kind of got a bit of a void in that area, which Cummings doesn't really fill for yes. them, unfortunately. So yeah, look, I, I was I was a bit shocked, but uh, again, you know, like I said, it's it's that time of year where. Teams need to make a decision now on yeah. roster or you know, coaching staff, as we've seen. Sure. Um, but but mainly rosters, you know, if, if they really think they're going to push for a championship, they need to find the right pieces now. It feels like they did need to make that decision roster-wise because mm-hmm. they, had to, they had to replace Craig Moller and yeah. it wasn't the right fit. But it also feels like there was more to it in terms of Will not necessarily buying into mm. the club off the court. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that he didn't want to do the community work and the yeah. promo visits and all of that sort of sort of thing. Is that surprising from your point of view to hear that Mike Kelly says that he basically made the decision for them because yeah. he wasn't doing what we expect? Yeah, and look, it's tough. And, you know, he said not doing what they expect, you know, in terms of the team and the club. And, mm. you know, that could be, like you mentioned, out in the community. It could be to promos. It could be, you know, even in the gym before trainings mm-hmm. or after trainings mm-hmm. or... Um, you know, if they have team functions or, or things along those lines. There's yeah. lots of stuff that goes on outside of the court. That, yeah, even calling up members and yeah. saying thank you, all those sort yeah. of things. Yeah, all those little things that, 
you're expected to do. You know, it's part of it. And uh, mustn't have bought into that, or he just, you know, wouldn't show up to things or things of that nature. So, yeah, look, you don't like to see it. It sucks, but you know, some imports come in and. You know where they've been before are not expected to do any of that sort of stuff, so mm. they don't think that they should have to do it here either. Mm. But you know, it's it's all part of it. So yeah, look, uh, not ideal, not ideal. But uh, I think the fact that Mike Kelly has said that it made it easy for them, mm. I think, is only a good thing for them. Yeah. So when you look at it that way, they've lost Craig Muller and without Will Cummings, they've now they've signed a new signing, which we'll get to shortly. But in the ideal world, having lost your Combo guard, mm. and then also your three or four men who's your bits and pieces yeah. player, and you're sort of your, your heart and soul in a lot of ways with Craig Moller. Yeah. What sort of player would have you been looking to replace those two guys with in, in one person? Yeah, you'd kind of, it's tough because you, you'd kind of want a bit of a role player. You'd want someone similar to both of those two, and they do things very similar, mm. you know, Moller and Tarangi. Yeah. You know, they're, they're those hard nose, kind of dive mm. on the floor, do the dirty work. Mm. Um, you know, crash the boards, get their hand on the board, and um, kind of those glue guys, I guess, yeah. is is what you'd lump them into, and that's kind of who I think they would have gone out and gotten. Because yeah, look, that's that's the void that they're missing right now. Get rid of Will Cummings, who was a bit of a scorer, and mm. I think they've got enough firepower for sure. I think Ben Air can step into his role, yeah, can he, and play yep. play some more minutes. Mm-hmm. He certainly can, and. Um, He's been awesome this year. Yeah. I think he's been great for them. So I think he can certainly fill that uh, that slot there. But, um, yeah, look, I think that the, the, that kind of role player, glue guy, you know, do the dirty work is, is someone who I, I thought mm. I would recruit. I'm not sure that who they signed fits that bill. I don't mm. know a whole lot about him. I mean, he's played 224 NBA games, but nothing really sticks out. So the man we're talking about is Abdul Nader. What do you know about him? Not a whole lot, unfortunately. And mm. um, obviously, 224 NBA games, he's, he's got experience, which is which is good. Um, and look, you know, I think that you know the, the Phoenix wouldn't just go and sign, you know, just because he's an NBA guy. So mm-hmm. they've obviously done their homework yeah. on him. And um, and to do it so quickly, they must have had this in the works. Yeah, already. Absolutely, absolutely. Because it's only been you know, a few days, really. Yeah, less than a week since uh, since they got rid of Cummings. So it would have been in the works for sure. But yeah, look, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in. Um, mm. You know, I think that they had some options around. I mean, it would have been interesting to see if Cook was around. Yeah. Look, yeah, Cook probably has a bit of a sizable contract mm. over in Europe somewhere. Yeah. Um, so that's not surprising at all. Um, DJ, I don't think really fits where they kind of needed if they had had kept DJ around at well, all. It doesn't. The skill set you talked about before yeah. doesn't quite fit. Does no, it, does it? No, it doesn't. So. Yeah, look, it's going to be interesting to see um, how he goes, and I'm I'm pretty excited to see it because uh, you know it's always good to have a guy with NBA games under his belt, especially 224. You yeah, know, that's not yeah. just a, oh, you're around for a season, you played seven games. It's uh, from memory, he was part of the Suns team that went to the finals. Yeah, I think so. I yeah. think so. So yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be interesting to see how he, he fits in and how quickly he can fit in. The good thing from a Phoenix point of view is that they went to Sydney and still won a game yeah. despite being without Moller, without being without Tarangi and being without Cummings as well. That was a that was an impressive performance. I mean, Mitch Creek put the team on his back, but there was a lot to like about putting a tough week behind them and mm. going up to Sydney and getting a win. Oh, and that's a very big character game and character yeah. win for them, I think. And you hit the nail on the head, you know, that's the fact that they could put all that happened 
in that in that week, you know, behind them, where that is behind them, mm-hmm. and and just move forward and, and concentrate on on the next uh, on the next thing that you can do, and, and that was go out and, and beat uh, you know beat beat Sydney, mm-hmm. and that was that was huge, and probably one of Mitch Creek's best games of the year so yes. far, and you know Williams has been unbelievable for them this mm-hmm. season. He's been so good, just everywhere he's been really really tough and you know those two guys were just i mean they just kind of tore them apart really it was uh yeah it was good it was very impressive and uh a bit of a character building game for them let's stick with that game sydney kings lost they, yeah. they'd won a couple of days earlier in cairns but that was a yeah that was you can't read a lot into that and they no. so that they haven't been in great form no. of late record wise they're still going okay they're eight and six so they've still put themselves in a strong position mm. but they don't seem to have that defensive bite that no. they had the last couple of years. They actually seem easy to play against right, mm. right now, which isn't isn't a great thing. What do you make of the way the Kings are travelling? Yeah, well, they've kind of started just playing zone and that's yeah. kind of it, you know? <laughs> like, that's, yeah, um, it's a bit confusing. It, it's almost like um, the, the coaching staff doesn't really have backup plans, you know? Mm. Obviously, going into games, you've got, all right, this is, this is plan A, this is what we're going to do. Mm. But... You've got to have plan B, C, D, E. You know, if something doesn't work, yeah. right? And it, it seems like they're kind of going out there with, all right, you know, this team's not great against the zone. We're mm. going to zone them, mm. play zone, get torn apart. All right, we're not <laughs> we're not going to change anything. We'll just keep it as is. Yeah. And I don't know. It's it's a tough one. And you're right. They don't have that defensive bite that they've kind of had in the past. But again, you know, new coach, new system. It's mm. it's, it's obviously very different. Mm. But I mean, I mean, after this loss, it was interesting to see lots of the uh, Kings fans calling for, um, mm-hmm. you know, coach's head, which mm-hmm. is not ideal. Not ideal. <laughs> no. um, is that premature in, in your oh, mind? Look, I think so. Very much so. They're so talented still. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure that they'll find find their feet. But uh, I've also had very few games where they've had a full squad yeah. available. Yep. Yeah, which again, not ideal. It's tough to to work with that, and then adding pieces in and out and all that sort of fun stuff is it's hard to get on a rhythm um, into a rhythm. And um, I think they'll figure it out because uh, yeah, um, they're too talented not to. One team I can't figure out is the New Zealand Breakers. Oh, no. Every time we feel like they might be turning a corner and putting a in a good performance, they do a one eighty. They do a one eighty. I mean, they were really poor at home to the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. Virtually not in that game from the start, and you know some of these numbers. Look at the rebounding numbers; they were out rebounded sixty to thirty-four. Tasmania had twenty-five offensive mm. rebounds to six. I'll play you a little little piece from Anthony Lamb because I spoke to to him. Well, I asked Modi about it post game, and and Anthony Anthony Lamb stepped up to talk about how they will fix it. But mm. as Modi also said in response to that, talk talks cheap, in actions of what matters. They actually yeah. have to fix this. I mean. What do you make of the breakers? We know they're injury troubles, but they, they still can play well when they're mm. on song, but when they have a p- performance like this. Yeah, they're just, yeah. I mean, too inconsistent is, is the thing right now. And, I mean, look, they've had a, a shocking, shocking season in terms of, um, you know, travel schedule to start. Yeah. And we, we mention that every week, really. But even the players that they're now missing and losing guys for the season or most of the season yeah, yeah. as well. And it's, it's just not been a good season for them so far um, after the, you know, the success that they had last year. Mm. But 
I mean, a lot of that comes down to just effort, and it just doesn't look like some guys even want to be out there. Mm. You know, it's it's really interesting, and it's really odd to see with a Modi coach team where it seems like you know the, the last couple of teams that he's had have, have really had buy into trying to outwork teams, yes. and you're just not seeing that this year. And you know, in terms of rebounding, you know, obviously I haven't listened to it yet, but in terms of rebounding, it, it is that's that's all effort. Mm. Obviously, some skill comes into play, mm. but a lot of it is effort and mm. wanting to go and get the ball. So, well, let's have a listen to what Anthony Lamb said because I found this interesting that he was so emphatic in his response. And then I'll let you know what Modi said straight after. The rebounding problem is going to get fixed. That's it. It's going to get fixed. That's all we need to talk about. It. It will be fixed. I promise you that. It's Anthony Lamb guarantee. That's what I need to do. Work, practice. You got to practice. You got to drill it. You got to work on it. Work on it like it's everything you want in your life. Work on it it's like you're trying to take somebody out to dinner and treat them nice. You work on your rebounding like you care about your kids. That's how you work on it. That's what we're going to do. It sounds like it's just something as a very good question. When you look at the numbers in this, I mean, 60 rebounds for 34, 25 offensive rebounds for them, is that the biggest thing for you as a fan of this game? Yes, for sure. Clean that up. That cleans up most of their possessions. Most of their, most of their possessions died. We got we would get great stops if we clean up those rebounds. So he's pretty emphatic in his response. <laughs> strange some of the tangents he went on yeah, as well. Very, but very what do you think of his reaction? Do you expect a response on the back of what he said? Look, I think so. If if there's one thing we have learned from Modi's teams is that they'll come out and try and fix that up. I mm-hmm. think that that will be an emphasis all week for them, and I wouldn't want to be on the court. This week with them, because <laughs> no, no. some of those rebounding drills will be yes. absolute nightmares. But um, you know, in a game where they give up, you know, twenty-one second chance points and lose by seventeen in the end, mm-hmm. it's pretty much the ball game, right yeah. there. You yeah. know, it's you, you clean that up, and then all of a sudden you're in striking distance, and then yeah, to get out rebounded by twenty-six is is huge, mm-hmm. and you know, give up twenty-five oh boards too. A Jack Jumpers team that's not that big. They haven't, and they haven't been a good, re- generally, no. they haven't been a great rebounding team, especially before Magne got, got back. Yeah, well, and that's it. So, yeah, I mean, it's not ideal. Mm. But it is what it is. And look, I do think we will see a bit of a bounce back for them. Um, but yeah, it's just been such an inconsistent year mm. for them, unfortunately. It was funny. The next question I asked was to Modi about how, you know, basically hearing that from a player, do you yep. like that? And do you expect a response? And he said, Basically said, doesn't matter what he says, it yeah. matters what they go and do now. Oh, yeah, and that's it. Talk is cheap, right? Mm. And that's that's all part of it. Yeah, it's all it's all well and good to say, look, we're gonna do this and we're gonna we're gonna go and really work on our rebounding and then, you know, come out next practice mm. and give up O board after O board <laughs> yes. after O board and I'm sure there'll be plenty of uh plenty of sprints being handed out for, for that kind of <laughs> thing this week um, on the track forum. So yeah, look, it's going to be interesting to see how they respond. And, um, yeah, op actions always speak louder than words. Sticking with that game, with the Jack Jumpers, it was a great performance by them. Yep. They were without Milton Doyle, who could be the MVP of the league. So to go down to Auckland and get that win was mighty impressive. They also did it with, virtually without Marcus Lee. I was fascinated by, by this, and I, I feel like Scott Roth is the only coach in the league that could get away with doing this with his with one of his star imports and still have that star import have full buy-in. Yeah. So Marcus played the first two minutes of the game and didn't have a good first two minutes and, and he didn't play again. Scott benched him for the rest of the game. Will Magnate came in and had a massive, massive impact and was terrific. But I feel like Scott has a good enough relationship where Marcus will take that on the chin, know the things he did wrong and bounce back. Almost any other coach with an import, 
they might lose him for yeah. the rest of the season. Oh, for sure. And you know, that's all part of the relationships that you build with these with the players and especially imports, you yeah. know, and you know, Roth being an American obviously knows yeah. what it's like to, to come to a foreign yeah. country and, and deal with what you're going through yeah. and be away from friends and family yeah. and so I I'm sure that, you know, he has some great relationships with his with his players yeah. and I mean, if you're not performing, then you can't play. You know what I mean? And especially yeah. as an import, and Lee's not had the best season. Mm. You know, I think that he's been a little exp- exposed in areas, mm. and he can't keep out of foul trouble. Mm. And he's always just—he's getting those two or three little cheap fouls that really just hurt him. And um, really, it's unfortunate if he can figure out how to stay on the floor. I think mm. he'll be. Uh, you know, really impactful for them. Mm. I think if they can switch between him and Magne and, yeah. and um, you know, kind of had that two-headed monster, you know, in, in their inside for them, mm. I think it'll be huge. But it's it's tough. He's really got to figure it out. And I think if anyone's going to get it out of him, I think it's going to be Scott Roth. So be interested to see how he goes uh, this week. Interesting to get your thoughts on the Perth Wildcats. So they were they were the hottest team in the league going into Wollongong. Um, yeah. Almost laid an egg. There was a pretty... Yep. Lackluster performance from 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 Perth, and we'll get to the biggest reason John really put behind it mm-hmm. in a second. But put, putting that aside, I mean the Hawks were impressive, and we've talked about how much yeah. better defensively they've instantly got under Justin Tatum. But from a Wildcats perspective, was this just a blip, or did you see some ongoing concerns? Ah, uh, look, I, th- I think it was a bit of a blip. Um, and <laughs> I'm kind of upset at myself because I thought <laughs> something like this might happen, yeah. and Every fibre of my being was like, no, no, no. Cats are balling right now. Illawarra is still trying to figure themselves out. I was like, I don't know why you're thinking that. So I just went against McGrain. And I think you might have got some good odds on Tab Touch if you did. Oh, yeah. If you did back yourself. I'm sure I would have. But no, look, I I, I do think it's a bit of a blip. And obviously, not a full roster. You know, it is tough. But the Hawks Hawks are playing a lot better under Tatum. And, you know, we're seeing a lot more bite on defence, like you mentioned, which wasn't hard to incorporate because they had nothing before yes. that, unfortunately. And, and they're just pushing the ball. Yeah. You know, they're just doing, using you know, their strengths. and Also going inside to Sam Froling yeah. and getting him involved. Yeah, exactly. And he's, he's a different-looking player now when he's you know, a bit of a focal point. Yes. may have spoken about this with Adelaide and, and Humphreys. But, yep, um, yep. yeah, look, you know, playing through Froling has, has been huge for him. And you've got a, you got a guy like Clark who's, who's just been really solid for him. Mm. All season, really, even when they've been struggling, he's kind of been solid for them. And, you know, playing a guy like Hickey, who came out and gave mm. really good energy, I thought he was really good for them. And I love listening to Tatum talk because he said that Hickey's been doing the work in practice, earning us earning a chance. And yeah. I said, if you earn a chance, I'll give you a chance. And he, yeah. and he gave him the chance. Yeah, and he grabbed it with both hands and took off with it. It mm. was awesome. It was really good to see. And, you know, I think he can be really impactful, especially – the way that they want to play defense, I think he's a big key for that. I think mm. he can come in and be a real good spark for them. So, yeah, look, I mean, going back to the Cats, I do think it's a bit of a blip. Mm. Um, but they'll certainly go back and look at the tape and see uh, mm. what the heck they did wrong because there was yeah. a fair few things. Let me play to you what John really thought the problem was and a little bit of a writer on this. So, as, as you know, um, I'm part of all the post-match press conferences, but... The Zoom wasn't working for this game in Wollongong, so no one outside of the people in the room were able to ask questions. So John didn't necessarily get many questions, and he yep. so he decided to ask himself a question. <laughs> so this is what he this is what he had to had to say. 
I'll ask a question. Missing Ty Webster, was that important to you guys? Yes, I think having Ty Webster absent tonight was very key for our team. Thank you. Um, we've talked we've talked before about how highly he rates Ty Webster, and he does push the pace and he does make things different. Um, what do you make of his reaction? Yeah, look, I think yeah, I'm not really sure how to take that one. It's um, it's an interesting one. And what about the fact that he had to ask himself the question? Yeah, I mean that's brutal. That's brutal in itself. It wasn't a good uh, good weekend for the <laughs> tech guys. Um, but yeah, look, I, Ty is obviously very important to the team, right? Because he's kind of while I don't. I don't really think he's a pure point guard. He is for the Cats. He's their point guard. He's their guy that runs the ship. Mm. And he's aggressive enough that you have to take notice when he has the ball. Mm. Once he's out of there, then you've got guys like Bryce playing point guard, and that's where he isn't successful. You've got him trying to set stuff up, or you know, you've got... Doolittle bringing it up, or throwing it back to Jesse, letting him bring it up, or you know, stuff like that. And I, you know, we saw... Kyle Zunick start the game. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's big shoes to fill when you haven't really played all season. Well, can I ask you about that? Because he did start the game, and if you're given the role to be the point guard, back him in. He played three minutes at the start, and he didn't come back on the court. No, no, and that's... I'm not sure why coaches do that. Mm. We see it a fair bit, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's frustrating, and you know, obviously tough for Kyle as well, mm. and... Um, him being a full roster player is is, is tough, you know. Well, he's playing for his career right now. Yeah, he is. Unfortunately, that's not going to help. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, look, I, I don't know. It, it's it's a tough one. So look, I, I I do agree that Ty Webster being out was was big for them. Mm. Do I think it would have completely changed the game? Probably not. Mm. I think that it would have been a different game, absolutely. But you know. As good as Ty has been for them this year, he does do some silly things at times as well. Um, you know, he's not having his best shooting uh, no, no. season so far and not been great for them. But um, look, he's that energy guy. He's that energy guy and it's someone that I think has really helped turn around their season. Mm. You know, kind of really has kind of given him the keys and said, here, you know, run the, run the show. And yeah, it's, it's I, I think it certainly did have a hindrance on how they play this, this one. All right, Cody, I think we've done a good job wrapping all that up. So let's take a break. When we come back, we'll, well, we'll get our awards and then we'll turn our attention to round 11 in the NBL. He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch. Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Imagine what you could be buying instead. Okay, Cody, back on Hoop7's Basketball Hustle, last segment for this week. Let's go quickly through our award winners. Matt Kenyon at the South East Melbourne Phoenix, very popular. So he was the, the Galen winner from Simon Mitchell for the best team man in the NBL and also top votes from Damien Martin in the best defensive player. Um, Simon Mitchell, very impressed with him and he probably wished he was able to sign him a bit earlier to get him yeah. to the Phoenix so he could have coached him. But here's what, what he had to say. Making the plays that don't hit the stat sheets and some that do, Influence versus Sydney on timely offensive rebounds, steals, and points. A glue guy that got the job done in a major win for the Phoenix. What, yeah. what can you add? Not much. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's hard to hard to add much to these each week. But um, yeah, look, I think you know perfect choice, and I think Matt Kenyon's probably probably been right there a, a few weeks in a few yeah. weeks this season. You know, for Simon to pick, but uh, he he is he's the ultimate team guy, and he, he does a lot of the dirty work. Unbelievable defensively, and. Mm. 
yeah, just he's one of those guys that will be the first of the floor and you know happy to guard the best player on every team. Yeah. And and getting back to what we talked about before, he does a lot of things that Craig Moller did. Yeah, so he helps to fill that void. Yeah, just a smaller version, really. Yes. So uh, yeah, no, look, it was uh, he's been awesome, and I really really enjoy watching him play. Best defensive player award from Damian Martin. So Matt Kenyon the three votes. Will Magnay the two. Jalen Galloway, probably especially for his plays against Cairns yeah. and late in, late in the game where he got that got that steal. So happy with those? Yeah, I think so. I think that's pretty spot on. And um, you know, again, I'd argue with Damo on these. <laughs> but um, no, look, I think yeah, Galloway definitely against the Can- against Cairns was he was huge. He was mm. huge for him and just using his athleticism and um, you know he's. He's getting smarter and smarter on the defensive end, and when you've got you know those athletic talents, it, it certainly helps. But uh, yeah, no, he was awesome, and obviously Magnay has been great um, since he's been back, and he's been he's been fun to watch, and he's actually been able to stay out there. Yes, and he has. He, he's been a real real force for for them. I think kind of having that backup, you know, guys can get up and in a bit more, and mm. knowing that Will's was behind them yes. to to be able to change a shot or you know send a shot. Into the stands, but, uh, he's only credited credited with one block again, uh, Cody. Yeah, don't get me started. We don't have much longer left, and we could could make another whole uh, show on that. But uh, yeah, look, I, I think Damo's got all those uh, very right. Matty Knight's Player of the Year votes as well. So Jordan Crawford, the t- the five votes. Mitch Creek, Chris Golding, Tajir McCall, fifteen assists he had in that game. Unbelievable in that game, record setting fifteen assists, and then Sam Froling as well. So. I feel like he's covered that pretty well. Yeah, that's uh, that's all pretty spot on there. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that you think throwing the way he played, mm-hmm. especially against you know one of the hottest teams in the league, yeah. you'd expect him to get more votes. But then you look across the league and mm-hmm. some of the other games, you're like, well, it's hard <laughs> to move him up anywhere, yes. you know. And you know the fact that McCall gets 15 assists and plays the way he did, and you know he only gets the two mm-hmm. votes. And yeah, look, all those guys are, are very deserving. Before we get to our round 11 preview, I want to get your thoughts on the DC Universe uniforms, Cody. I mean, I feel like it's a good idea in theory. Execution is frustrating because the way the uniforms are designed, by the time the guys tuck in their singlet, you can't see anything on it. What are are your thoughts? Oh, man, I freaking love it. I'm I'm so upset that I'm not on a team that I can get these uniforms, you know. (laughs) Since I've been out of the league, there's been some unbelievable (laughs) uniforms and unbelievable rounds come in and... Those that know me, I'm a massive Batman fan, mm-hmm. and I think the Melbourne ones, and yeah. then even the Jack Jumpers Joker ones. Yes. That, uh, yes. <laughs> Lauren asked me why the Jack Jumpers got two separate ones, mm. and my thought to that was because they didn't get an Indigenous one. It might have been that a would, replacement. Yeah. That would probably be my only <laughs> reason mm. for it. But um, no, look, I, I absolutely loved it, and I think it's awesome. And the only issue being you know, placement of, of the heroes and, and especially where they the, are. And especially the teams that don't have a sponsor and you've got that yeah. big gap there. Mm. Can't we put a can't we put the designs in that gap if you yeah. don't have a sponsor? Yeah, and I think I mean I think you could make them bigger and better and brighter yeah. and yes. make them the whole jersey, mm. you know what I mean? You know, some of them had just like a little character in the corner mm. and I mean we saw some, you know, the Hawks ones had had it across the whole bottom, but yep. um Look, I feel like you could certainly make it bigger and better. But again, I even just for those games, do we need the team name there? Maybe mm. we could replace the character with the yeah. team name, so yeah. we, so we can see it a bit more. Yeah, the, the, the idea is great. I just want to be able to see it better. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Totally agree <laughs> with you. But yeah, no, I, uh, I I loved all the uniforms. I thought they were all 
The Batman and Joker stood out to me. Yeah. Oh, I'm a big fan of Batman and Joker. And as you saw, as you pulled up here, the Batman whites out the out the, out the front, yep. up against the fence, and yep. even even in the room down there, I've got a Batman spotlight up on up on my up on it. my roof. All right, that's enough of that, Cody. Let's get to business. Thanks to Tap Touch, our round eleven preview. Head to taptouch.com.au or download the Tap Touch app and find our exclusives for this week, Cody. So each week you're making a same game multi exclusive from. Two NBL games, so whatever game the Wildcats are involved in, and then we'll pick out another one. This week it'll be the Throwdown. Mm. You're also picking out an NBL multi from three winners you hope to yep. find, and also an NBA multi as well. It's good fun trying to do this, and does it make it more fun for you trying to watch just to hope that these come out because we're trying to find some winners for people. Yeah, we, we are. and it's it, Yeah, look, it's certainly getting me fairly invested in some of the games. You know, I had one a couple of weeks ago where we had JLA for double-double <laughs> yes. and... I was sitting there screaming at the TV and yelling mm. at it. And, and then, you know, he, he came off with like six minutes to go and I mm. got annoyed because I was like, oh, he's not going to come back on now because Huck yeah. Porty's been so yes. good. And then he came back on and yeah. then was like a point short. Yes. And I just, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I don't have any anything financially invested mm. in any of this. So, mm. But no, look, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun and, and you are invested in games and it's um, – it's great. I, I really enjoy it, and I, I appreciate Tap Touch for uh, for letting us do this and, and putting putting multis together for them. And hopefully, we're uh, we're doing you guys some service and and you know winning you a bit of money. Yes, I hope so. So go and check it out at Tap Touch Thursday night standalone game and it's a throwdown, massive game. Southeast Melbourne Phoenix are now coming off a, a bit of a high, and it'll be interesting what sort of personnel they have available. I know Tarangi will be will be back fresh off the birth of his of his child, but. In terms of the new import, I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Melbourne United, I expect to be at full strength and mm-hmm. off the back of a, an emphatic bounce-back win against yeah. the Brisbane Bullets. What are you expecting? Uh, a heck of a game. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and it's usually a really good game between these two and you know, the whole rivalry thing, even though you know it's fairly young rivalry um, with these two teams. But uh, look, I, I, I had a bit of trouble with this one trying to pick who I thought mm-hmm. would win it. You know, obviously the Phoenix coming off a massive win and Melbourne um, coming off like a 40-point win. Yeah. Um, it is also very, very impressive. So they both have really good rounds. But, uh, look, I, I do just think Melbourne kind of have too much firepower. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they're a bit better defensively. So I do think they'll get this one. Friday night, doubleheader. We talk a lot about the travel that the New Zealand breakers have to go through. Mm-hmm. They now have to fly up to Cairns through a tropical cyclone. Yeah. Do they make it? Does this game go ahead? I don't know. Hopefully, if it's if there's any kind of risk involved, then they just call it. And you know, interesting to see what happens with the Cairns boys if they you know, get them out of there, or yeah. you know what what the what the deal is. But yeah, I'm not sure. It's it's um you know it's <laughs> just <laughs> no. So so we'll wait and see how that plays yeah, out. But let's assume the game goes ahead. Well, well, what think, do you expect to see? I think Cairns get it. I think they've been. A lot better than I thought they would be. You know, they've really taken it to some some of the top teams in the league and getting some wins over them. And yeah, look, they've been very impressive. Mm. Very impressive with, you know, on paper, not as talented a roster as everyone else. So look, I, I do think they get it. Um, I think New Zealand fixed their rebounding woes a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think Cairns certainly get that one. Second up, Perth Wildcats and the Tasmania Jack Jumpers. This will be fascinating. So the Wildcats back home. Yeah trying to bounce back, but also the Jack Jumpers in, in really good form. 
I assume Milton Dollar's back. I'm not, yeah, I'm, not, not sure. I'm not sure. But either way, I know Scott Roth won't want to lose twice in Perth in, no. in one season. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And I think that uh, this will be another really good game. And, um, you know, a, a high-scoring Cats team against, uh, you know, a, a Tassie team that is really trying to work on their defense. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously with, with Will Magne back in the lineup, it, it does help them. It's, yeah, it's, it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be a heck of a game. I think the Cats will bounce back. Is Ty going to be back for this one? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. he will be. So I think I think they probably ride their ship from last week. Tassie's certainly going to take it to them. Because, yeah, especially if, if Doyle's back in. Mm. It's, uh, it's a lot of firepower to deal with. Two more games on Saturday. South East Melbourne Phoenix with the, the backup from Thursday night's throwdown. But they head to, to Gippsland, and we've seen some crazy games out there. Yeah. And they are playing host to the Illawarra Hawks. Uh, much improved Illawarra Hawks. Mm. And as Simon pointed out a couple of weeks ago, maybe they're not the same old Hawks. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I know. It's, it's nice to actually say that right now, isn't <laughs> yes. it? You know, we, we were hoping for that at the start yeah. of the season. So, yeah, look, obviously a very different Hawks under Tatum and they're p- playing with some pace. So mm. I think that'll certainly play into, into their hands uh, with Phoenix on the back of the double. Mm. Yeah, I, I think that... Uh, Look, I, I really think that the Phoenix, if they're really going to be a contender, I think they need to get this one. Mm. But I reckon the Hawks are really going to take it to them. Um, I think Phoenix get it in the end, but uh, I reckon it's going to be a really close one. It's good to see the Hawks are making themselves hard to play against. Yeah. We, we didn't see that for, for a season and a half, unfortunately. It, it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Sam goes against Williams. That's a great matchup, isn't it? It's it's going to be interesting because. Williams has been a little bit foul prone as well. Yes. So um, more than a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> and, and Sam's going to really take it to him if, if they keep him as their focal point. And so yeah, be an interesting little uh, little matchup. Second up, Melbourne United against the Adelaide Thirty Sixes. I never thought I would say this in my life, but Dean Vickerman up against Scott Ninnis in the right. in the coaching seat. Um, right. How do, how does Adelaide go? Um, yeah. Look, I think they're still going to take a, a few more games to really. Get a rhythm going if they're going to, and Melbourne are just such a well-oiled machine. It's, it's hard to uh, try to find a rhythm against a team like yes. that, unfortunately. So, yeah, look, I do think we see Adelaide slowly improve, but uh, I mean, it'd be interesting to see the excuses start to stop because you know we've seen a, a few now yes. in the past few weeks, which isn't ideal. And look, all very valid points, mm. but you know, it's got to get to the point where it's like, all right, we'll figure it out. Mm. You know, so. But I think Melbourne get this one fairly handily. Yeah, it's going to be a, a good little matchup. <laughs> we saw DJ Vasilovic get fined when he was complaining about officiating in a game where his team was on the yeah. right end of it. Yeah. It was fascinating why he would even buy into it. Yeah, and look, it's it's one of those things that it's proof of, of how bad it's got. <laughs> yes. you know, honestly. Yes. Yeah. And to have a guy that was on the good end of the stick mm. complaining and being like, well, you know, look, it's, it's ridiculous how bigger difference there is because yeah. teams don't play that differently in the defensive end. You know, obviously some teams up and in a bit more and I think you know there's some teams where they've got guys on there that use their hands a heck of a mm-hmm. lot that don't get called and will get called once every, maybe every quarter. So look, each each player is obviously ref differently yeah. and um, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was certainly a bit of an interesting situation, yeah. wasn't it? No, you're right. I mean, we don't have time to get into it, but... No. Bull Kowal seems to be getting cracked down a lot now because it's been called out by commentators and now all of a sudden the referees have picked up on it. I mean, like you said, some guys are getting away with 
murder out there. Yeah. But that's a, that's almost another whole show. That really do, is, yeah. Cody. Okay, Sunday, doubleheader. These two teams love playing against each other, have a great rivalry going, but it's a short turnaround for the Tasmania Jack Jumpers at home to the Sydney Kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very short turnaround and not ideal, but that's all right. It's, it's how it goes. So, look, obviously Sydney's going to uh, come in fresh and probably hungry after mm-hmm. the, the back end of their round last, last round. So... I think the Kings get this one just because of the pace of play. Yeah. But, you know, Jack Jumpers aren't going to go down without a swing and a few mm-hmm. haymakers. So it's uh, it'll, it'll be a lot, a lot of fun watching that one. Last game of the round, Brisbane Bullets, their only appearance off the weekend. Yep. Coming off a really poor showing against yeah. Melbourne, a surprisingly poor showing against the Cairns Taipans team who we'll wait and see what happens with them on Friday. Yeah, and look, I, I think they turn it around. I think Brisbane turn around here and... Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how Cairns are and you know how they are in, in the mental space, honestly, mm. with, with everything going on. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully it's it's all good up there and everything clears up for them, mm-hmm. and they can get on with the round and you know everyone up there can get out safe yes. and all that good stuff. But yeah, look, I think Brizzy get this one. I think they'll turn it around. Mm. All right, Cody, that's been a lot to to cover. A lot of topics to cover and it's a very eventful time in the NBL right now so thank you for helping me break it all down thank you to hoop 7 for making it possible still time to get your christmas gift so head into hoop 7 if you're in perth or go to hoop7.com.au and head to tab touch at tabtouch.com.au or the tab touch app and we'll try to find you some winners mm-hmm. check out our exclusives especially for the throwdown on thursday the wildcats and the jack jumpers on friday and the nba game on saturday cody yeah. I forget which team you which teams you you picked the Suns were definitely involved. Yes, Suns it's the and, Suns and my New York Knicks. Suns mate. and the Knicks. So, yeah. so Cody's found you some things to watch in that game as well for Saturday. So, check all that out. I'll wrap things up there, Cody, and leave you with the the final words. Yeah, look, just hopefully everyone up in Cairns stays safe. Um, I think is the, is the big thing um, for this week, and hopefully everything is fine up there and uh, nothing too hectic happens. So, hopefully they're all good. He'll make it for sure. Now that's why I backed him on Tap Touch. Hey, Luke. Yes, Gene Simmons. He's probably the best when it comes to this stuff. Thanks, Gene. You've got the touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, call 1 800 858 858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.